podcast which you are about to hear is politically incorrect and offensive. The opinions expressed by the three assholes recording it are done so solely for comedy purposes. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Whiskey Reel. Four and three and two and one. No reason, no conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of good or evil. If what you say is true, the Shaolin and the Wu-Tang could be dangerous. Your mother sucks big fucking elephant dicks. Got that? Come on now, dog. You know I give you the mad, fat, super fly, stupid, dope, dumbass, retarded, bomb shit props. Take a big step back and literally fuck your own face! I am happy to announce that as of today, the master plan has gone in effect as Aaron is a dad. So, first thing, no bodily autonomy. Check. Second thing, arranged marriages. Let's go. Bring it. Let's go, Supreme Court. Let's get it done. Uh, thirdly, um, no women in the workplace, right? Because that's where we're going. Um, really happy to live in a country that is doing the opposite of the people's will right in front of us. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, we sat down today and it was like, uh, well, I guess that happened Yep. and, uh, we knew it was happening. We talked about it, but obviously we we're talking about the Roe v. Wade <laughs> judgment, yeah. stripping away a 50 year old, uh, bodily right. Yeah, um, we're recording on 6-24-2022. And it happened and, uh, today. So happened today. Mark the day because this, I mean, people always, people tend to make fun of guys like us for the reason that we're being reactionary. We're blowing it out of proportion. Just because this happened doesn't mean that's going to happen. And lo and behold, not only is Roe v. Wade been rescinded, Clarence Thomas, who's just a really good guy, he came into the court with zero conflict. Uh, he didn't have a hearing where somebody accused him of sexual harassment. That never <laughs> happened. Um, so really good track record. His wife is a QAnoner who has used her position as the wife of a Supreme Court justice to try to make the wheels of justice turn to her favor. Um, there's a lot of gross shit. He was uh, a good enough guy to put in and it's not really an addendum what they do is when they do rulings like this the justices will also put in a different document which is kind of their consideration about it so it's not law it's not anything like that uh, although he said we would really like to take away uh, same-sex marriage contraception yeah. and sodomy which come on <sighs> guys. well come on Come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. Uh, <laughs> um, Bobby. By just, the way, the biblical definition of sodomy is anything, basically any sexual activity that is not for reproductive use. So biblically, blow sodomy is blowjobs. Handjobs? Uh, rough handy J. Oh, just Just a back alley, dirty, dry, angry. Just no just, eye contact. Just mashing it. <laughs> just beating the shit out of it. Uh, just a, the political prisoner hand job. <laughs> the Roy Jones Jr. left hook. Um, <laughs> we've all been there. We've um, all been there. It's a sad day. It is a sad day. I'm just saying. We don't want to make know. light of it, but also like... 
I said this before on the podcast, Aaron, and this is my hope and this is my wish that this today might actually be the the galvanizing moment that makes some people (laughs) wake the fuck up. Like we're dealing with a bunch of fucking turd burglars that just (laughs) unbelievable. (laughs) They are here to tear down everything we've done. Democracy. Everything we've done. Democracy is not a friend of the right. And Joe Biden got up today. Bless his heart. He made it to the podium unscathed. Yeah. Um, was he on roller skates? Yeah, he was. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was riding a hoverboard as he entered uh, the, the press conference. I'm not uh, old. <laughs> Look at me. I'm doing ollies and finger flips. He got up there and did the typical Democrat shit, which is like, they're against our hope and our freedom and our light and our life. How about they're horrible people trying to remove inalienable rights from us? That's what's happening. Um, I, I, I don't know how you look at the right now and think they're not anything but fascists. I, and I know that's a big word and people throw it around, but go look it up, kids. I, I just, I'm, I'm finding it harder and harder to just think it's political will or some sort of deep sense of what you believe in. This is clearly an attack on the American people. Clearly. Yeah, and specifically, obviously, it's an attack on female reproductive rights, which, uh, yeah. holy shit. I mean, we've been fighting for that for a very long time. We love our women, right? Or do we? Because it seems like this is a war on women. That's that's what drives me nuts. How are the women on the right? How do you reconcile this? Well, how do you reconcile this? I know. All these women on the right that have had a couple of abortions. Lauren Bobert. 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 <laughs> you know what I mean? They're They're so willing to stand up for these family values. Um, which have become such a stupid buzz phrase, buzz buzzword. Buzzword, yeah. You know what I mean? And it, it's just, it, it's absurd what we're talking about. Like It's been 50 years. We went through Nixon, Reagan, Bush 1, Bush 2. Nobody could ever touch this. Even though they wanted to, it's always spoken about every time they put in a new justice this is part of the confirmation hearing is what do you think about Roe v. Wade and all those people f- that voted f- to repeal it? Yeah. All of them said it's not really on my radar. It, it was just. Well, no. And Susan Collins put out a statement today. Bless her stupid heart. <sighs> and Gross. she was saying that put it in my words. What she was trying to explain <laughs> is like I was lied to. Yeah. These justices sat there and they lied oh, to me. Stop and I'm it. like, you know what? Fuck yourself. Of course. Oh, really? They lied. And then all... Yeah. Shocking, Susan. Not like you did to your constituents. You know, of course. Yeah. But, I mean, look, politics is gross. I'm not a huge fan of what the left is doing. But like we said before in the program, the right is so clearly worse. Do not ever compare the two. That Don't compare well, the two. This is the first time, and if I'm wrong... Reach out to me at nine seven zero four two six five three four four because I would love to hear your opinion on this. If I'm wrong, please tell me. This is the first time in American history in 250 years that we have given a civil liberty to a population and then repealed, and then just said, "Nope, we're taking it back." I think 
That has this, never happened before. I think this is the first time, Bobby. Oh, it's and, not going to be the last. And by the way, it's not like you said. It's not the last. No way. Same-sex marriage. Buckle up. That's going away. Listen, what happens when it becomes, you know, it's legal to marry a girl, you know, over the age of 10? What what if it becomes there is no minimum wage laws, which is what the Republicans are pushing for in Texas right now? Have you seen that Texas bullshit they put out? Oh, dude. It is literally, it's it's Third Reich shit. It's, oh, yeah crazy they want to they want to open the right to secede and we've said it before here texas i back you in your secession i think it would be the best thing in the world for you to secede we can get oil from other places you do you without any federal funding and see how it goes just stay in your borders yeah good luck with that yeah and we'll, there's we'll build like, a wall around Texas. There's like nine hot girls in Austin that I hope we get to keep. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a couple of really good bands. Well, other than that, yeah. Texas can fucking be Mexico. I don't care what they want to do. Fuck them. Whatever they want to fucking fuck do. They're, they're, they're doing the most draconian, archaic bullshit. They're backsliding everybody's civil liberties. And I hope the people... That, see, that's a point because people are like... And even the Republicans famously. Well, if you don't like it, just move. Sure. How about this? How many people do you know that can pick up and move their life to another state sight unseen right now? And just go to a safe haven? Come on. No. How many people you know? A handful. Maybe three or four? Yeah. That that can can financially afford it and be okay when they move? Yeah. Dude. Leave behind their job. Leave behind their family. Yeah. Leave behind their community. Sure. Leave behind and just move to another state because you're, yeah. With 800 bucks in the bank. If also, you're lucky. <laughs> we live in Colorado, man. Like the idea that these Texans that just buy all of our homes and flood our roads right. and do all this shit, that they would have to get a passport and. Makes me so happy. That. Kind of, and they're well. You're gonna miss our money. No, I'm like, no, dude. Durango was founded in like 1860 or whatever the fuck. This is the we're going to be fine. We're gonna be fine. This is the misconception about Texas, California, New York are the fucking bookends of our entire country. We produce so much money out of those two states. Texas, go fuck yourself. But don't ask for help. You're going to have to have your own military. So when Mexico invades you, we're going to sit back and fucking pop popcorn. Yeah. You feel me? Like, fuck you. Who are you, dude? I'm I'm just over it, man. That's a lot of border space. So, (laughs) (laughs) and by the way, you get to now defend that border. Yeah, good luck. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. What if like Arizona invades Texas? God, it's the Minutemen. Remember that? It's the Minutemen. I forgot about the Minutemen. I haven't (gasps) thought about that in a long time. That's right. The Minutemen used to roll up on the border like, we're going to fucking protect this border. We're just going to get Sean Moe with a fucking AR. Yeah. And he's going to go down to Arizona (laughs) single handedly defend the border. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, sad day for American history. We're going to have fun during the podcast. Yes, we are. Welcome back. It is the riskiest of wheels and the whiskiest of reels. It is the whiskey reel. We are up here in Cloud City. Gazing We're feeling down. good. Gazing down. We always talk to people that are downstairs or down cloud. Below us. us. 
below us. I mean, I, I didn't want to say it like that. But, or beneath us. Literally beneath <laughs> us. Um, <laughs> we'd like to watch the goings-on down where you people live. And uh, it appears there is traffic everywhere. There is construction everywhere. Um, so I'm glad that we are spending money on infrastructure. That's a good thing. Um, however, the fact that they do it in the busiest time of the year is a little bit distressing. However, we are here looking down on all of it. We know everything going on around us, guys. It, we got a 360 view of Durango. No. Don't think that we don't. Um, that being said, Mountainside Studios, our benefactors, Blake and Jackie, get due praise. Um, we love those kids. The best part about this is that I get to sit across from my brother right now. Sitting across from me, he's just Bobby Noise. He has people coming off the street saying hello. He's like the he's like the fictitious mayor of a town that never existed. I'm like John Lithgow. You were <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's an official mayor of downtown. Mr. Bobby Noise is the official mayor of downtown. He is one of my favorite people on the planet. And uh, he's going to tell you about some sexy stuff going on later. However, welcome to the podcast, Mr. Bobbit Fan Noise. Aw, shucks. Sitting across from me, mi hermano, my brother in arms, he is the twat commander. I'm never going to let that go. (laughs) It's my new favorite. So stupid. Uh, Tony Montanus, MC Filibusta. No, we're not. Yeah, I wish. Uh, <laughs> he's the general manager of Austin, Texas. Yeah, brother. Mr. Sir Antonio Branderas. Ah, keeping it weird, Austin. Keep it weird, brother. <laughs> There's so many people that were not Texans living in Austin right now. There's no Texans There's living in Austin. No Texans. <laughs> Have you ever met somebody who says, oh, I was born in Austin and lived there my whole life? Uh, no. Have you? Do those people exist? It, that is a town of transplants. Oh, my God. 100%. And indigent. Well, not 100%, obviously. There's three old crusty fucks. Ne'er-do-wells. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and they just sit there just fuming. <laughs> As the hipster kids walk by, they're just like, I can't believe it. Handlebar mustache. <laughs> real short tops. I got Jean George that ride up my crotch. I'm from Austin. <laughs> Did you just make that up? Yeah, thanks. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's cool. Pretty, um, <laughs> How's that going for you? It's going well, man. I got. I just signed a deal with Kanye. We're putting some shit out next week. You just keep keep watch for that. We do whiskey here on the Whiskey Reel. Sometimes we do gin. Sometimes we do tequila. Very rarely. It's hard to sip tequila for a podcast. I'm just saying. Yeah. We do enjoy our bourbon. And our whiskey. And this is one we have done a couple times. Elijah Craig, who you, if you don't know, now you know, they put out the whiskey of the real, uh, whiskey of the, wow. The whiskey of the year. Sorry, I'm in mode. I'm not going to edit that either. Never edit that. The whiskey of the year, what, four years ago, five years ago? It was called yeah. like the B210. It had this real kind of, anomalous name that meant nothing and it was like a single barrel sort of situation that they did right um and it was whiskey of the year we bought it we found out it was 128 proof 128 
depending on the bottle, the patch. That uh, episode is no longer available. Uh, however, <laughs> yeah, we have archived that. For oh my god! Justifiable reasons. That is, I guarantee you cried on that one. That is only on Silk Road. That is the only place <laughs> you can find that's it. The only place. Um, however, Elijah Craig does great product. It's very well priced. We'll talk about that in a while. Of course, we're savages, so we didn't go for the straight. We went for the rye whiskey. Um, Bobby, talk about it. Okay, so. This is a Heaven Hill product. They put out a lot of really, really good stuff. Not just Elijah Craig, but a favorite of the Whiskey Reel, Rittenhouse, <laughs> happens to be a Heaven Hills product. Yeah. This is a very similar mash bill. It's slightly different than mm-hmm. like what the Rittenhouse rye that we talk about, I don't know, on a weekly basis. Every podcast. Every podcast that yeah. comes up. This is a different product. This is a very approachable Definitely can sip this. I'll give you that. It on the nose when I first picked it up, and you told me to jam my nose into the glass like <laughs> a, like a monster. So I did so, and uh, I mean, yeah, took the nose hair right out of me for sure. It is very drinkable though. This has a very different finish than I was expecting. Ah, and we found out why. It it approaches hot. It you in the on the mid palate you get all these like classic oak barrel yeah. notes you know what i mean like it's whiskey but then it finishes with something that i was having a hard time putting my finger on and mm. i think you may have actually kind of pinpointed it it's it, the weird thing about booze and this it, it works for wine and liquor after you take a sip of something wait and then blow out yeah and then taste what's going on in your mouth I knew the oak was influencing it a lot. And then I was like, damn, Bobby, the end of it tastes like breakfast cereal. It tastes like toasted oats in flake. Bobby looked up the mash bill. What was the malted barley? Uh, 14%. That's Which for malted barley, that's high. So that malty, roasty, toasty, grainy, it's really pleasant. It's like breakfast cereal in your mouth at the end. Don't keep drinking it. Just wait a minute. Let those flavors develop and really wrap your head around what that finish is. It was really impressive. Um, I'm not, I can't think of another rye or whiskey that does that at the end. No. Necessarily. I can't. It's it's very, it's 94 proof. It's very rye on the attack and mid palate, like Bobby was saying. But that that sort of finish, that that vapor. Um, that smoke that's at the end is, like I said, it's almost like if you were to put like regular cornflakes in the oven and toast them for a few minutes and yeah. bring it out and like yeah. smell it. That's what it tastes like. It really it's does. Really interesting. It really does. Um, you were talking about Bobby about mixing. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a a really fun mixing rye, especially considering the price. The price point is yo. I mean. I mean, bucks. you don't get Cloud City prices. No. But for you, layman, yeah. this is probably 35 before tax. Yeah. This is super affordable for a good ride. This is even like, you can give this as a gift because the bottle's super sexy. It it's really looks like something that's more expensive than what it is. If you told me this was a $50 bottle and I've never seen it, I'd yeah. probably totally believe you. Right. It drinks a little bit higher than what the price point is. I 
It's good Kentucky straight rye whiskey. Oh, and whiskey. it is 94 proof. Did we mention that? <clears throat> yeah, I yeah. just, I okay. mean, yeah. which it, yeah. you get bang for your buck from an ABV standpoint. From a mixing standpoint, this is going to do exactly what a rye would do with a mix. Manhattan Old Fashioned Boulevardier. Um, well, I was going to say. Vukuri. Vukuri like, would yeah. be my choice because I want to play with bitters with this thing. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah. Plus, with that roasty finish, yeah, I, think, I would almost want to like torch some rosemary or something. Yeah, you know what I mean? Just do something fun. I want to fucking. Yeah. I want to play with it a little bit. Yeah, Burn nice. some sugar on the rim or some shit. This would be a nice bottle for your for your house. Yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah, we talked about the high and low, and uh, our friend came by Elmora today to say how much she appreciated oh. the high and low bar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this would be an actual. We love Kylie. She's a good. Just keep giving Sean tickets. Oh, I don't please. care why. Um, <laughs> Take him down. He's so mad about that. It's hilarious. Um, anywho, Elijah Craig, straight rye. Good product, man. And at 35 bucks, definitely a buy. Oh, yeah. This 100% right? a buy. Yeah. Okay. No doubt about Beautiful. it. I got no beef with this. Um, it, I mean, I don't know if it's my number one go-to that I'm going to have, but if someone brings this bottle over, I am not mad at you. I'm stoked. And you like like Bobby was saying, you can drink it straight or with a mixer. I mean, this what? might run over Diet Barks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It might run over Diet Barks. Ooh, it might be actually amazing, though. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing completes a good rye like saccharin. Yeah. Little aspartame. <laughs> little aspartame. <laughs> little aspartame headache. Yeah, I love it. Great name for a band. Aspartame headache is a fucking phenomenal name That's for a, a band. That's a great name for Write a band. Write that down. Uh, copyright, trademark. So uh, we got into another conversation <laughs> earlier. We did. And it turned out to be very fun. And other people got involved that were just sitting around us. As you guys know, we go to our little watering hole. El Moro Tavern. We do that before uh, every show just to kind of <clears throat> wash off the day's dirt and yeah, get in mode yeah, and kind of get ourselves into whiskey real mode. Yeah, man. Basically, because I don't, I'm not always like this. I have, nor am I, sir. <laughs> yeah. I'm less proactive in my day to day life. <laughs> uh, so we got into a conversation about what we wanted to do today because we're trying to explore more fun topics that create conversation. For yeah. all of us. Yeah. So we got on the idea of film and more specifically horror comedies. Yeah. It and was the first thing that came to my mind. I'm like, and then we sat there and we're like, okay, horror comedies. There's the pyramid, right? There's the top of the list. And then Bobby was like, there's maybe like 10 movies that are horror comedy. <laughs> and all of a sudden we were like, Oh, what about this? And what about this? And even Tiny Tom Cruise came by. Yeah. Yeah. Just Did a flyby. Sidled right on up. He hit the brakes, fly right by. <laughs> he buzzed the tower. Uh, he buzzed the tower. <laughs> it's funny. We call Tom Tiny Tom Cruise, but he's probably bigger than Tom he's Cruise. He's like an inch taller than Tom Cruise. <laughs> and he also fits in my pocket. He is. He's, he's a handsome, talented, sweet young man. He's a he's a baller, dude. We're gonna have him up here for a whiskey wheel like pretty soon. That's I think. actually going um, to happen. He's he's got some great insight. He gave us a great movie to talk about by virtue of horror comedy that we forgot. But let's go through the iceberg. Let's go the iceberg list. 
Okay. Um, let's talk about what you can see above the water and what you can see underneath the water once you care to dig deeply. Sure. Okay, so what would you consider horror comedy? Now, what are what are the rules? Okay, so I think the rules are what did the filmmaker set out to actually make? Mm-hmm. Because there are horror movies that are fucking hysterical to watch, but those are accidental happy moments. They didn't mean to be funny. These films that we're going to talk about are films that were designed to be comedies. So with horror elements. Yes. Or a, you know what I mean? I we we talked about there has to be points where it's scary. Of course. Right? It can't just be like so basket case. A, a really like they intended that to be a scary movie. Yes. But it's hysterical. Hilarious. Um malignant Hilarious. They, inter- they intended to make that a serious movie. Hilarious. It is hilariously dog shit. Um, <laughs> those are not the films we're talking those about. Those are not the films. We're talking about, so Bobby, if you were to build your top of the water of your iceberg. Sure. What would be that pyramid that you would consider? Well, I guess I would start with the filmmakers. Uh, I think... When horror comedy comes up, and and Tom brought this movie up very very quickly, he we all talked did. about Sam Raimi. Yeah, Sam Raimi easy didn't create the genre, but he fucking nailed it. Yeah. He nailed the genre. Evil Dead Two is the movie that Tom brought up. Hundred percent. That is such a fucking funny, also scary, scary ass movie. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, man. Evil Dead Two is kind of the benchmark. It feels yeah. like it was like. That's why when you ask people about horror comedy, that's typically the first movie they talk about is yeah. Evil Dead 2. Because yeah. it's old enough to where that's when we were young, we would consider that the like patriarch of sure. horror comedy. And then we started digging a little bit deeper. Um, what would you say? Because let's go older and we'll go newer. Okay. But. Another horror comedy you brought up, which I thought was brilliant, we can talk about it a little bit, was American Werewolf in London. Right? Landis and the other guy. Well, <laughs> Ivan Raiden. <laughs> well, no, that, Reitman had nothing to do with American Werewolf. Um, yeah, that's all a John Landis That's property. Landis. Yeah, right? that's John Landis. You were talking Landis. about Frighteners. Um, I brought up Frighteners. We'll talk okay. about Frighteners. Okay, later, we'll yeah. talk about that. Um, American Werewolf in London for me was one of the first movies I saw as a young man, which is super fucked up. Me too. Because people forget how fucked up that movie actually is. It was scary is. as balls. It's scary as balls. There's yeah. There's a dream sequence in that movie. Oh, my God. Where these fucking Nazi zombie demon things <laughs> yeah, just that? roll into this house and just start <laughs> just machine gunning little kids and, and shit. It's, it's such a weird little part of that movie that has... It, like very they strange. didn't have to put that in the movie so i think the it has a lighthearted tone in so many scenes also kind of a weirdly fucking sexy movie the yeah. sex scenes between no, true. um not what's his name? character yeah david's david character Naughton? McNaughton, or whatever his name yeah, is yeah whatever but like though the the sex scenes with him and the sexy nurse are like Really fucking sexy. Very like intense. It's actually pretty intense. Yeah. There are moments in that movie that are ex- incredibly funny when he wakes up in the zoo and he's yeah. butt naked he's because naked. he's been out werewolfing. Yeah. And he's got to like put the balloons in front of his cock yeah, exactly. while he's running through the park. Funny, funny, funny scene. You mentioned Griffin, Griffin Dunn. Yeah. His character 
fantastic. Jack? Jack. His character in that movie, every scene he's in, he just takes over the movie. It's he's beautiful. fucking hysterical. And he slowly decays throughout the whole runtime of yeah, the movie. Yeah, if you guys haven't ever seen that before because it kind of missed you because you're younger, do yourself a favor. It still holds up. I believe Rick Baker did the special effects yes. on it. Oscar-winning effects. And when I say change the game, this movie set a benchmark for visual effects from then on. So no matter what you did as a as a special effects person, it had to match up to Werewolf in London because it was so fucking good and frightening. That's what we're talking about. There were moments of laugh out loud, funny, and there were moments of utter terror, right? That's kind of what yeah. we're talking about here. There, there's a scene in that movie that will never leave me be, beyond the transformation scene, which is just like... Sp- Spine popping out of oh, his back. And, and the hair. And the hair fucking, sprouting oh, the out. Like so many and, oh, great fucking moments so in good. that. There's a scene that takes place late at night in a sub, in a, well, a tube station. I a guess tube. Like, a tube station. And there's Mind this, the gap. Like, yeah, exactly. And there's a British gentleman, like a businessman, getting trying to get home late at night, been working late, and you get this POV view of the werewolf basically chasing him through. Yeah. And it is fucking terrifying. It is <laughs> yeah, one of the totally scariest did. scenes I have ever fucking seen. <laughs> it makes me giggle sometimes because I remember the guy's dialogue being very dignified and British. Right, right. He's like, I can assure you, uh, I don't find this in the least way amusing. <laughs> that kind of thing. And then so he British. realizes what's going to happen. Yeah. And then they shift to this sort of um, sky, almost like a drone view right. of the scene where he's trying to climb up this escalator because he actually sees what's coming to right. get him. And all you see is this top-down view of, of the werewolf monster. looking like a fucking bear. Yeah, bro. Yeah. And so, comes it, it is scary. So checks the marks, right, for uh, scary and funny. Yeah. Um, Maybe the first great one. Quite possibly. Um, it's definitely within that time frame. It is. It is. Because we were talking about also like Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein was definitely supposed to be a pure comedy, not a horror. We talked about what were some of the other movies we talked about that didn't really classify. Yeah, we went over a couple of them. I mean, it's hard because you're making a judgment. Right, you're making a subjective judgment, but like, I think they could be pretty universally agreed upon. You have to decide what did the filmmakers set out to do, right? You know what I mean? And yeah, we we touched on a few because a lot of horror movies do have like comedy elements to them. They usually do. That levity breaks up the tension that you can then reset as a director, yeah, and make the next part scarier. So I've been thinking about like we touched on a modern classic like Scream. Which is right, kind of created a, a genre in and of itself. Like you called it meta horror. It meta horror, right? And because it's shoving itself up his own ass to intentionally fantastic fucking levels of competency. It was a first <laughs> by virtue of context oh, yeah. of a no story. One had ever it seen. was a first. It's funny in moments, obviously, and then there was some legitimate. But it's, a, it's a horror movie. Yeah, it's a horror movie. It's just a self-referential. View uh, it's it's almost a deconstruction of horror, right? And another film that we talked about, I would classify kind of in that category as Cabin in the Woods, dude. As far as modern, last 
15 years. Um, there's two things that stand out to me. Let's say over the past generation, right? Which yeah, is yeah. typically 20 years. Two things stand out to me as being the quintessential horror comedy. And that would be Cabin in the Woods, okay. which had some definitively scary scenes and was so cerebral and highbrow in his intent. Yes. Um, one of the better horror movies made in the last 15 years. Agreed. I don't think anybody would Agreed. argue with that. Shaun of the Dead. That is, yeah. And I know you're an Edgar Wright stan. Yes. Um, but there were Can some moments. Do no wrong. There were some moments of, there were a couple jump scares. I would. Well, shit, there's a scene where David, me. kind of the pro, our antagonist in the movie, yeah. when he gets ripped apart in a sort of a tribute to a George Romero style totally zombie killing. George Romero. And it's fucking horrifying. It's horrifying. It's disgusting and it's horrifying. But that tension of them being hunted and trapped in the pub. Yes, I think it was 70% comedy and yeah, 30% for horror. Sure. What's well, that right? But listen, I, I'm to not include Shaun of the Dead, which is one of the best movies we'd be, we'd be ever. Idiots. We'd be idiots. Let's go back in time, shall okay. we? We have one of our, as you all know, because you're fans of the podcast, uh, we're big old HP, man. That weirdo, oh. that closeted gay. I know what we're going. Uh, Mr. Lovecraft um, definitely made his own genre. And because of that, we got beautiful films. Um, my favorite is called Reanimator. Uh, guys. Okay. <laughs> okay. We got to talk about Reanimator. Talk about Reanimator. This is also a staple of this genre. Oh, 100%. Super funny, but like uncomfortably funny. Because <laughs> a lot of the comedy is just like dead cats and right. oral sex with decapitated heads. It is intense. It's intense. <laughs> it's also fucking hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it's funny because that's it's a Jeffrey Combs performance as Herbert West. He's not particularly funny in it. His straight man, his yeah, he plays straight the entire time. He never looks for a laugh or yeah. even tries to. No, but the dialogue that was written for him and the way he performs it, you're gassing the entire time because he is uncomfortably funny. Like you're just like this right. is the weirdest motherfucker. He's the awkward, most awkward dude in the world. Yeah, and it makes it funny. Love, but Jeffrey there's Jones. also huge gore from beyond. Less funny, more horror, but still had some ridiculous moments in it. Oh my god! The the when ones... Crampton comes out in her S and M outfit, that <laughs> it's is the best. Fucking hysterical! It's man. the best. Um, <laughs> um, Tom, our tiny dancer, oh, brought up a fantastic modern one, and I'll, I'll tie this in with a couple others because this this movie was made actually twenty years ago. I don't want to consider it modern, but it feels modern in. In this the context. context, yeah. Slither. Jesus. God damn it. I One of that. your favorite men of all time, isn't it? Uh, Nathan Fillion. Right. Of Firefly Flame. I call him Mal because that's oh, his God. fucking You're name. Such a Malcolm Reynolds. You're such a turd. Um, love Nathan Fillion. He's one of my favorite actors. He's way underrated from an acting standpoint. He he, he definitely yeah. has a and lane. Just as a personality. He, he has a lane. Yeah. He stays in. Slither, small town, aliens come and invade. They just happen to be slugs that get into you and control you. And it is bombastic. 
It is disgusting. Oh. It is hilarious. Hilarious. It has homeboy that played fucking Merle on Walking Dead. Oh, it, yeah, 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 yeah. He also was in Guardians of the well, Galaxy. And yeah, he's a alumni with... Uh, so this movie was made by James Gunn. Okay. Who made fucking Firefly, right? Who made Fire... Yeah. Oh, no, he didn't make Firefly, but he made uh, Slither, Guardians... And Guardians, sorry. Um, no, no, that's fine. Um, I'll, I'll look up his name. I can't remember Dude, his damn name. this guy, you all know him. He's He's been in a thousand movies. He's he was guy, in The Walking Dead. He's the guy is, that whistles with the arrow in Guardians. Yeah. That's all yeah, you need to know. Yeah, um, exactly. Great actor. He plays the protagonist in it. No, the antagonist. Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker. Who he is, plays the... Just shows up and as awesome. Always. He, he plays... <laughs> he turns out to be the head of the aliens. It is... A scream. It is if you're a fan of just dumb horror that's done well, um watch Slither. Another one we talked about too. Um, just a brief, like, you know, honorable mention. We talked about Dead Alive. Um You can't talk about horror comedy without talking about Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson had his moment in horror comedy. He was very much yeah. a contemporary of Sam Raimi's. Yeah. Very, was, was doing before Lord of the Rings and all this shit, oh, guys. My God. Yeah, he was making Rawhead Rex, and he was a horror guy. Yeah, Dead Alive is, and I think there's a different name for it in New Zealand. Why? What did you Brain say? Dead or Brain Dead something or, like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah something else. But anyways, like Dead Alive is what you're gonna find. Right. It has a very iconic uh, cover. Not that you guys are would remember what DVD covers look no, like. No, none of you do. <laughs> um, but I rem- um, it introduced into horror lexicon the Sumatran rat monkey, which is what actually causes this zombie outbreak. He was cute enough to include in his King Kong movie a Sumatran rat monkey, rat monkey on the ship. That's some Peter Jackson shit. That's right some there. very Peter Jackson, like, look at me. Yeah. But, but like... Some of the modern ones, Happy Death Day is a great example oh, yeah. That's of a modern. Very fun movie. Um, smart um, horror comedy. Very. Uh, uh, we, we, we thought about bringing up, like, and I know some of you out there might be thinking of certain movies. We brought up Zombieland. And listen, as much as I love the movie, and I literally do, I think it's that first one, especially, is so fucking smart. It's such a good take on zombie. There was not a moment in there where I felt there was any sort of horror element. I think we kind of landed on the fact that that is more it's a comedy it, action than it is comedy 100%, horror. 100%. 100%. Just because zombies are in it doesn't, doesn't make it mean a it's a movie. horror film. Yeah. Exactly. Just There's not really anything scary about there, that movie. Just because vampires are in what we do in the shadows doesn't make it scary. Exactly. It's a comedy, dude. There's it's no... There's no way you're getting scared of any of those movies. So that element of kind of horror had to come in at some point. Absolutely. Um, speaking of that, Return of the Living Dead. Thank you. I wanted to bring that up. Because Hilarious that is, uh, and frightening. Might be my favorite of all time. Okay. I was waiting. In a weird way. And and it's more, it's, it's more contextual that I love it so much because it was a movie that my brother and I used to watch okay. together so constantly. And that movie, along with Sid and Nancy, introduced me to punk culture, to oh, punk kids it. doing punk shit. punk shit. And it was basically a punk rock zombie movie that takes place predominantly in either the hospital supply warehouse. Or a graveyard. The graveyard. 
<laughs> and the funeral home. There's yeah, three totally. locations in that movie. Totally. That's it. And it is so fucking funny. Also, there are moments in that movie will scare the bejesus, yeah, the bejesus out, of you. out of you. Yeah, there are some really great moments. Also, some of the greatest nudity in 80s oh my movies God. history. When Linnea Quigley oh God. dances on the gravestone. The Scream Queen. Oh, oh boy. It's um, so good. And it brought us, do you really want to party? Yeah. Yeah. It's party time. Yeah, a great was, soundtrack. Great soundtrack. It was... The d- Cramps. D- the Damn. Oh, no. Cramps were... I mean, featured. Yeah. It's very Cramps style. As far as like a, an aesthetic to the movie, it felt like a Cramps concert. Like, yeah, absolutely. They it, and it was fun. It was stupid. That um, was Dan O'Bannon's like magnum opus, dude. Basically. It was so good. And it's that's still, the guy. If if you don't know, that's the guy that wrote Alien. Up. Yeah, Ridley Scott didn't write Alien. Right, Dan O'Bannon. And wrote And by Alien. the way, just as a side note for Return of the Living Dead, to this day, still some of the best practical effects for a zombie. It's all ever. practical um, effects. Tar Man. Now that's funny because. There were two different, um, I don't know, costume designer FX people. I don't know how you want to. I don't know. There are scenes in that movie where some of the zombie effects, you kind of are like, whoa, that doesn't look like the rest of the zombies. Right. Because like 30 days in, they actually fired the 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 guy that was creating the zombies oh shit and whomever I didn't know that. it was that they there's a documentary about it but there's a, the, whomever it was that came in and finished the movie right fucking killed it created Dude. tar man tar man is created like yellow man epic I mean um, epic. and then Linnea Quigley's zombie design Oof. was fucking phenomenal man would like, you or would you not spend a night with zombie Linnea Quigley I'd do it right now. Okay. Wouldn't even I hesitate. just wanted to throw Wouldn't that out there. Wouldn't even hesitate. Wouldn't even throw that out there. Um, we've got some music, and we've also got some modern films to talk about. We do. But first, we're going to let you take a break. We're going to take a beat. Put it on pause. Go pee. Go poo. Whatever you people do. Everybody poos. I read the book. I read it to my daughter. Everybody poos. Everybody poos. Um, while you're doing that, take a breather. We're going to come back and talk about some new films, some new TV, and we're going to talk about some music, and then uh, we're going to wrap it up with the pearls. We love you. Have a good break. And we're back. Guys, if you want to reach out to us, please do. We love your feedback. And you guys have been so amazing lately with giving us feedback. We need more, though. We love every second of it. We want you to be a part of this broadcast. John Brown. Yeah, John Brown. Where the fuck you been? Denny. Yeah. We need some people. We need some talent up in here. Yeah, bitch. Um, 970-426-5344. Meet Flaps. Nine six. You can always tell what our conversation was while we were smoking. 
970-426-5344. Send us a text message. Leave us a voicemail. We love either one. You can reach us at whiskeyreel at gmail.com. Give us some long-form feedback. I'd love to read three pages of email feedback. Nonsensical yeah, ramblings just a, ramblings just the ramblings psych- of a madman just psychosis <laughs> um we're gonna do something new right now we talked Ooh. about a lot about a media but we're gonna do something that i think should be kind of one of our uh little bits we do are we creating we're, new content we are literally creating new content we're gonna talk about what you should watch and what you shouldn't watch Ooh, okay. all right for new media Bobby saw a movie that I'm going to see with Rex on Sunday, which I would probably already tell you is a should watch, but Bobby can tell you a little bit more about it. Yeah. Uh, this is a Bloomhouse production who, of course, one of the... There are two horror studios right now that I think are owning the genre. Legit. A24 and Bloomhouse yeah. are the two studios yep. that when they put out a horror movie... You're going to watch it. Go fucking check it out. Yeah. Because chances are pretty fucking good. They get great talented. Yeah. They get great talented fucking filmmakers. um, And they come up with really fun original ideas. Yeah. They're they're extending their boundaries, Bloomhouse, into like first time directors and stuff. Little bit missing the mark sometimes on some of their newer talent. But when Bloomhouse digs into a fucking well-known good director and good actors... They don't miss the mark very often. No, not at all. I mean, if you find a studio that is going to let Danny McBride make a horror movie. Then go fuck yourself. You're taking chances, <laughs> you're bub. You're taking chances. <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking outside the box. Speaking of which, Hollywood, what is it? Halloween dies or Hollywood, Halloween's dead? I think it's Halloween dies. Yeah, that's coming. We're going to talk about that later. because Oh, yeah, we have, when that, we when have that happens. What did you see that I was excited to see, which I'm seeing in a couple days? Okay, so I am so lucky because, and we talked about this earlier, I decided not to watch any of the trailers Ah, for this movie. So good. I had a notification come across my phone that like, oh, this is the best reviewed horror movie that we've seen in a minute. In a minute. Right. So I looked at it and I was like, oh, okay. So I saw the talent list. You know what I mean? Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. That's all you need. That's And and not only that, Ethan Hawke delivers one of the most chilling performances that you'll ever see. He's the antagonist. So I'm like, oh, all right. I'm kind of, I'm curious. I'm curious about What's this. it called? It is called Black Phone. <sighs> Give me a brief synopsis without getting into it. I'm not going to get into spoilers because you haven't seen it yet. No one has seen it yet. Um, Unfortunately, I've watched a trailer, so now I know I've watched the whole movie. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you, man. Why did like, they do that? They show... So I watched the trailer today because... After you watch a movie. I was sending a link to the trailer to a lady friend because I was trying to convince her that she absolutely needs to go watch this right. movie. And I watched the trailer before I sent it to her. And as I'm sending it, I realize, no, don't fucking watch don't this. Watch this. Don't watch this trailer. There, this the trailer th- gives away This has been a thing everything. in Hollywood. Like for big movies, for big action movies, it doesn't matter. You can do a two and a half yeah, minute whatever. trailer of Marvel. Nobody's going to not watch it. Yeah, <clears throat> for or like a that's... John Wick movie. Yeah, whatever. Oh, look, for John some... Wick is shooting people. That's oh, crazy. no, that's a spoiler. From a different angle. <laughs> um, but when you talk about horror and reveals, 
Come on, man. Just give me a black screen and tell me Ethan Hawke's going to be a psychopath. I'm in. I'm in. I'm you in. got me. You got me, partner. So um, it's directed by a guy, uh, Scott Derrickson. Okay. Who I wasn't really totally familiar with, but he actually did like the original Doctor Strange movie. Like he's worked with Marvel. Oh, wow. Like this is a guy that has some chops. Super sure. chops. If they hired him for a Marvel biggie, you know, exactly, yeah. exactly. Now he started off uh, doing uh, things like Urban Legend and Final Cut movies. Uh, like see, that. See, I don't mind which, those. I don't love them though. No, but, they're not great, but they're at least. Listen, we 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 say Sunday morning background movies, like right. while you're cleaning the house, throwing a movie that you don't hate. That's kind of one of those. Hundred percent. He. Made he planted his flag when he did the exorcism of Emily Rose, one of the best possession movies ever made. That's a chilling movie. The, the performance by the she was in Dexter, I always forget her name. 100%. The possession of Emily Rose might be one of the best body, like as far as movement and blocking and what you're doing with your body as an actor, that might be one of the best performances I've ever ever seen really really amazing she bent herself carpenter carpenter yeah yeah she bent herself into it was frightening anyway he has he He has has experience he has bona genre so he first worked with ethan hawk in 2012 when they did uh sinister which is another fucking possession style ghost it's more demon go yeah yeah but, that is a great that fucking... That first Sinister... Badass. I showed it to Rex. She had never seen it. We had to stop it midway through. It's a badass movie. It's frightening. Yeah. It is frightening. So what I'm gathering from this guy is that he has a command of tone mm-hmm. and tension. Mm. That And the first thing that stood out to me about this movie was the tension level. Wow. And the way he escalated it. Right. And like I... It's it takes a lot for me to become nervous in a movie theater. Anxious. Like right? I'm like, fuck, fuck. How is this yeah, gonna yeah, play yeah, out? Yeah. The second thing, and maybe my favorite thing about this movie are the performances. Ethan Hawk obviously Ethan he just shows up. You barely see his face throughout the entire fucking movie. And it doesn't matter. And he delivers a performance that will chill you to your fucking Hell marrow, yeah, dude. Brother. Like it Hell is yeah. Fucking horrifying. Let's go. His performance is so goddamn physical and interesting. Really, well, he had to act somewhere, yes. right? And You're behind a mask. One of the scariest scenes in the movie. This is not a spoiler. I will tell you though, the one of the scariest scenes in the movie. He's asleep for it, and it fucking terrified me Hell yeah. the whole time. Hell yeah! The performances of the young actors in this fucking movie. Stellar, you said. Yeah, I mean. It's a brother and sister, essentially, um, along with some other extraneous kids, but like right. that are a big part of the movie. Everyone delivers. The little girl. Um, oh, I'm gonna look her up because she needs. You should, yeah. but you were you you said some interesting when you were explaining oh, okay. this. You said that I don't know how to explain it, but how do you make a horror movie with Goonies intention? Yes. Um, (laughs) that's really interesting because this movie, I think there's a little nostalgia draw 
uh, with people watching movies like Stranger Things and stuff. Sure. There's some kid camaraderie in this movie right. for sure. And it, but it, I didn't think Stranger Things. I thought Goonies. Interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah, Just but there, a there's a town. Goonie-esque thing yeah. to Stranger Things as well, which fits within the genre. And, and then it, the tone shifts and it becomes right, a right, whole right. other thing. Right. And like, yeah, the little girl, I think her name is Madeline McGraw. Uh, she delivers a performance that one made the whole movie laugh out loud multiple times. Okay, she has lines in the movie where you're, and this is like an eight year old girl. Sure, you know what I mean. Just and protege. she fucking crushes. Hell yeah, so good. She's also the emotional center of the, of movie, the movie, and she fucking delivers on it. Here we the go. little boy that plays her brother, fucking amazing. His name is Mason Toms. I think how you say it. T H A M E S. Sounds right. Like the river, right? Thames. Thames. Fucking great. Holy cow. So is he fucking good? We're giving this a full watch. This is a full In a watch. movie theater. In a movie Don't theater. Wait. It's so great watching it with a crowd. Like See the, the crowd. You can hear the crowd get audibly like, kind of tittering yeah, and yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I'm I nervous. Love it. I'm a, yeah. And I it's miss super movies. Good. There's, um, because this movie has a moment that I told you about that actually references, it takes place in Denver. Okay. In the 1970s. It references. It references us. Durango, Colorado. <laughs> One of the funniest fucking. The, and yeah, it it's such a fun moment. And all right. it Let's all go. Adds up. Y'all, a, yeah. go see Black Phone. Go see Black Phone. Um, for a don't watch, we're going to go over this real quick because neither Bobby or I have seen it, but I've seen the trailer 14 times. Don't go see Jurassic Park. It looks like utter dog shit. The critics agree. I watched the trailer for the first time a couple months ago, and I was like, this is a reach. This is a money grab. Don't go watch it. You know what? Don't go watch it. I'm not going to even get into the fact that the dinosaurs look worse than they did 20 years ago. I'm not going to get into it. I know they brought Goldblum and Sam Neill and fucking, uh, what's her name? Laura back, Dern. Laura Dern. I, I know they brought them back. Don't go watch this movie. Give them no money so they don't make any more of these. Yeah, they should stop making those. So they make black phone, different black phones in that iteration. Put your money to the good stuff. Yeah, there's um, nothing wrong with a wholly original idea that someone you. brings up and executes to perfection. Yes, sir. Rather than retreading an old idea that they just shit on with it's CGI. Hollywood, brother. You it's know Hollywood. what I mean? Yeah, but their CG was worse than the first time. I, will I say don't this. understand how that happens. This is my. I, I just looked up uh, Jurassic World Dominion, and I'm only telling you that so you don't watch it. Don't watch on it on accident. Thirty um, percent critical uh, reviews Sounds on about Rotten good. Tomatoes. The critics find it reviling and awful. Audience score. 78%. Doesn't surprise me. Because the monkeys out there love yeah. fucking shiny objects yep. and big loud noises. Listen, guys, we're not. <laughs> you don't listen to this show because you're one of them. No. You listen because you're one of the smart ones. Don't go watch this movie. Go spend your money elsewhere. There's a lot of good films out right now. Go watch Maverick. Seriously. If you're going to want a blockbustery, bring your family. Yeah, big go watch Maverick. Popcorn movie. Yeah. That's, it's great. Um, when you don't have your kids, go watch Black Phone. Um, as far as television is concerned, oh, okay. So um, I've got whole, one thing. There's a whole thing. I'm gonna save. You, you go first. I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save a certain Star Wars property for Bobby. Okay. First and foremost, we haven't talked about it all fucking season. The boys. We 
gushed over this the first season. I even said a word about the second season. It is good. It feels good. It is so not safe for work. It is so not okay for your children. They will have somebody doing having a conversation for 20 minutes and then a dildo goes to the back of somebody's head and blows out their mouth and they're dead. It is absurd. It's really, really well done. It keeps you guessing. If you put down the boys the first season or if you haven't watched it at all, this is like Marvel meets John Wick meets fucking Tarantino. It is bananas. It makes no sense except that it makes all the sense. And then you get Carl Urban playing a fucking in it. Who's the and he's so awesome. He's amazing. But all the actors in this are so fucking good. And the storyline is so uncomfortable. It's one of the few shows I watch where I actually cr- like physically cringe. Because it is. Re- there is a moment where a tiny shrunken guy crawls up somebody else's butthole. It And they show it. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, but you need to watch it if you're a fan of the obscene and the absurd. And you want something to move the needle for you because everything else is so boring. Go so watch The Boys. There's something very funny and tangential about this season of The Boys. What? What happened is there's one. I think it's episode five, I want to say, where one of the characters gives a speech and kind of sets the tone for the political nature. Homelander does. Yeah. But he talks about the Republican Party. Yeah. This whole thing mirrors our current politics. The funny, That's a different thing. There's something hilarious about the fact that all the conservatives on Twitter and Facebook Loved and whatever, they left the show because they it hit them. It Too sank hard. in. This guy is actually the bad guy of this show. And I'm like, you motherfuckers haven't figured out through two and a half seasons that Homelander is a fucking Nazi. He's a psychopath. Psychopath. Yeah, no, literally. You, you identified with Homelander with him until first, he gave that speech first. and you felt embarrassed. That You know what's funny, though? In the show, he gives this big speech. No spoiler. That he is better than everybody. I'm stronger than you. I'm better than you. And his ratings jump was like 70%. So he thought he was going to be in trouble. It, like, it's very, it mirrors and parallels a lot of things going on in American politics, which is a underneath layer of cool, but super well acted, very well thought out. Yeah. It's fucking a good show, guys. What were you watching? Okay, we oh, I know about, what you were watching. We've talked about this uh, previously. I have had a lot of disdain and disappointment when it comes to the Obi-Wan series. Yeah, you voiced it. I think the first three, maybe even four we're episodes, a little, I found... I say three. Underwhelming. Okay. And not the story that I wanted to see. <laughs> what now, Bobby Noise? Okay, so what saith you, Bobby now, Noise? Now that the season is over, I offer. <laughs> I love it. I am. We on the Whiskey Reel are always, always willing to be contrite. Of course. And offer mea culpas when we are wrong about things. Yeah. And I can tell you right now, I was 100% wrong about this series. The last two episodes have made me love Star Wars again. Son. 
and not like Mandalorian Star Wars. That's a whole different we style about, that. about yeah. that. You know what I mean? This is a property that reaches back into the old days of Star Wars. And holy cow, man. The last couple of episodes have just... The season finale blow blew me away to a degree that I was like... You stood almost, up. Oh, I stood up from in my your couch. House. In my own house. Right. I wasn't... This is not for show. Right. I just found myself standing up watching... There is in one particular moment a fight scene that takes place between two very famous Star Wars characters that is one of the best things I've ever fucking seen. Yeah. I would argue the best Jedi. One to one. Yeah. One V one fight. Yeah. And so, yeah. and I will say this, it's one of one. There's never been a fight scene Anything in, like in Star Wars that is that good. And dude. they didn't have the technological capacity to be able to of fire course. this off. Of course. But coming off of episode five, where you had Vader fight somebody, and it was almost like like we were talking about it. It's almost like watching like Wu-Tang, like some Shaolin shit, yeah. where it was this body movement, and it was really concise and beautiful. And then... And we won't spoil it for you guys because I mean, if you if you're watching it, you've already watched it. If you're not watching it at all, you're probably not. But for the sake of you know platitude, we'll do it. There are two characters that fight. It's Darth Vader and somebody else. And we've always, as Star Wars people, wondered what would happen if they use full force while they're fighting. Yeah, because that never happened in New Hope. It no, never happened. No, in none of them. Like it you didn't never got in the, the prequels. force it didn't shit. Happen. Yeah. Um, this looked like a cutscene of the best video game ever. Yes. It was. And in a good way. That's not an insult. No, no, no. This was like, people say epic. This was literally epic. They had moments where they had the shot was from fucking like a quarter mile away looking at people fight. Then it went in, then it went up. They were using everything and anything by virtue of fighting each other. It was. It was honestly, it was glorious. It felt like a real culmination of the series. Can you imagine um, for a moment being okay. a fucking eight-year-old kid and watching that's, that? you're watching it with your dad and oh that's God. your introduction to this universe? Oh, my God. Dude. You're done. Your you're brain, done. Your brain is just flying out of your You ears. haven't gotten Jar Jar yet? No. no. You, yeah, you haven't seen all that's bad about <laughs> Star Wars? Because there's so much bad about Star Wars. But you get to see that oh, fucking moment. Such a quintessential, and beautiful that, moment. There's just fucking amazing moments of true emotion in that. Yeah, the dialogue was so dope. Really good. They brought his character around. They gave him an arc that now I can see it. It took a minute, brother. It took a minute. I was being very dismissive. I know. Of you're, that arc. you're just, it's, it's now, hard. I know what you're thinking. It's very hard. Not to be dismissive. We've been let down several times. So I can understand your hesitancy to like get excited. Yeah. But now that looking through the full six episode arc, everything makes sense. Oh, yeah. They brought it all to fruition, man. Oh, yeah. 
all of it. it it's really, really good. Really good. Really good. Yeah. There is one line in that episode that I think is the worst line in Star Wars history. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Here we go. Van Noyes, everybody. Van Noyes. Okay, spoiler alert. Uh, if you don't want to hear this, by all means, mute your phone for 30 seconds. There's a moment when they're fighting. Obi-Wan says, you just got served. No. No, he didn't. No, no Vader says... I can see that your strength has come back, but the weakness still remains. <laughs> I'm like, it's that so is, Star Wars. That is though. the dumbest fucking. But it's so that doesn't Star make any Wars. fucking sense. I know, but it's so that is it's the so most Star nonsensical, Wars. stupid line. Don't you like how Bobby enjoys something immensely and then can't help himself? <laughs> he just can't. But the weak, the weakness still the remains. The weakness still remains. That doesn't even make sense. You right just told me how in. strong I am. Right. Uh, it's dumb. That is a bad line. Okay. But can you that enjoy bad line. the other oh. hour and one minute? Oh, unabashedly. <laughs> I love the series. I, I I mean, if I wish I had a younger kid that just, actually likes movies. Right. Because my son hates movies. No, I don't know what the fuck he happened. Just, that was well, you turned karmic, him off to it. Yeah, karmic punishment. <laughs> it totally was. <laughs> I get a kid that hates movies. <laughs> <laughs> He's a sweet kid. And fixes cars. Yeah, fixes cars. Boy, you guys couldn't be more diametrically opposed. We are not the same people. <laughs> we are not the same <laughs> But honestly, if you haven't, Obi-Wan, Star Wars, I get it. It's not everybody's cup of tea, but it's fucking cool, guys. It is really, really fucking yeah. cool. So anything else to wrap up media? No, I'm good, man. Yeah. I'm good. Oh, wait a minute. I had one. Oh, no, I talked about it. We're good. Yeah, no, I'm we're good. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have any, uh, you got any pearls, buddy? Yeah, I got one. I got one. It's so relevant to my life. Um, I, I believe I've talked about this before, but it does not bear uh, repeating. Um, or it does bear repeating, it, just not the same way. Patience. Um, we are in a sore lack of patience uh, with our lives, with our jobs, with the people that we love, with our relationships, um, with ourselves. We are very impatient people. We're not looking at the long game. We're looking at the short game. Um, whether that comes from work, we feel you deserve a raise, but if you make that known and wait a little while you'll get it whether it's uh somebody's not doing something for you in your life and you want to excise them from your life because they're not doing what you want um that requires patience um the funny thing is if good things happen to you you need patience too um if you win the lottery the first thing you do is you don't start running out, throwing money into the streets and being an insane person. I always, I always thought if I, if I won the, we've all thought this, if you won the lottery, what do you do? And my first response to that is I would probably spend two weeks by myself in a place with nobody around me thinking about exactly what I want. And you know, that's a hard thing to say out loud um, by virtue of like, would you really do that? But I think we lack patience. We are so immediately gratified for a number of different reasons. I'm not trying to, you know, school church you and like, oh, we need some patience, man. Things take time. The best things in your life take the most time. They do. 
whether it's developing a project, getting a job, creating art, takes time. It's not immediate. You're not going to get that painting or that song or that script done overnight. It takes time. So be patient with yourself in the, in the fucking pursuit of those things. But be patient with other people and be patient with what's going on around you. Shit's moving quickly. You got to fucking take your foot off the gas a little bit. Be patient. I like there's I, there's a saying that I use. I used to I, I learned this from a basketball coach. And he told me that he's like, if he, he's like, you need to slow down in order to speed up. Mm-hmm. And. It makes sense on a lot of different contexts, not just basketball. I know. I know. But guy I worked with say, to get into the fast lane, sometimes you have to slow down to get into the fast lane. Same thing. Our good friend Dave W. over at El Moro. Yep. Kind of said something similar to one time when I first started bartending there. And I was like, oh, just getting my shit kicked in. Right. Just getting it pushed in. And I'm in the weeds. And he was like, dude, slow down and you will speed up. Yeah, same fucking concept. Same concept. And I'm just like, and it, and it, hundred percent, and it works, hundred percent, right on. Just become, yeah. Um, guys, we touched on this. This is a bit of a reprise from the intro. I know today, six twenty four two thousand twenty two is going to be remembered for generations. This is one. Yeah. of This is a very very dark day for the republic, so to speak. Uh, we've seen things get really, really gross and yeah. weird and fear levels are rising and tensions are rising. We cannot, as a people, let that take over. We have to be cognizant and we have to use this as a galvanizing moment as a country. I understand there are 25% of the country that are not going to see things the way we would all want to see them because I've seen the numbers most of us, mm-hmm. eight out of ten of us, yeah, want the same fucking things. Yeah, um, use this moment as a galvanizing moment to get involved, find a way to contribute. Whether it's voting, whether it's you know d- volunteering for a candidate that could actually win this fucking district. Um, if you have the means, you know, financially get involved. That's fine. If you don't, then don't. Donate a little bit of time. I think it's time we all have to get involved in this because this is the most divided nation that we've seen since the 1860s. 100%. That is the truth. 100%. There is danger here. Yeah. We are in danger as an American population. And to watch 32 people get arrested in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, because they were getting ready to go kick the shit out of a bunch of you know, LGBTQ kids, mm-hmm. like, just, just go whip their ass, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, I, I, we're in very, very strange times. But don't get discouraged. Galvanize. Unionize. Get together with your friends. Find a way to fight back. You're, Joe Biden's not going to do it. The government's not going to do it. The Dems aren't going to do Dems it. The Dems aren't going to do it. We have to do it. We have to call them to action. That's our job as citizens. Be a citizen of the United States of America and get involved. I know that's a grossly political statement, but it's an appropriate statement. Well, I hope yeah. so. I hope if so. If you were picking kickball teams, 
Would you pick Lauren Bobert? Uh, <laughs> 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 One last go. Uh.